Just so you know, everything you're about to hear is a lie. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the third episode of the Elsewhere Video Game Podcast. Uh, my name is Griff, I'll be your host. For those of you that don't know, Elsewhere is a software company. We make uh, games, we make apps, we make, you know, programs for medical professionals. We, we, we dabble in, in, in everything, but uh, this uh, is uh, my personal favorite thing that we do. We make a podcast about video games. So sorry about the last episode. I was feeling a little under the weather. I think it definitely came through. Um, I'm feeling amazing now. Uh, you know, um, my sister got me these uh, these pills. The uh, the bonus for uh, working a, for a company that uh, works in uh, neuroplasticity uh, applications and stuff is it's real easy to get uh, pharmaceuticals. So I am feeling right as rain. I, feeling better. I realize I wasn't just sick physically. You know, I was also sick philosophically. Shame is the real disease, and I'm of clear mind. I'm of clear heart. My soul and my and my my imagination they're aligned. The path ahead is clear. I'm going to run down that path as fast as I can. So our guest today is uh, Mr. Ben Sarkoxy. We're going to talk about Bomberman 64. That's a, a game that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, uh, you know, I played it at a formative time in my life. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to jump right into his interview. All right. Um, I'm here with uh, Ben's, uh, Ben Sarkoxy. Sarkoxy. Excuse me. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Ben Sarkoxy? It's uh, Bend. Oh, Bend Sarkoxy. Okay. Uh, wow, that's that, that's that's uh, that's interesting. I, I is the uh, it's German. Um, he is a uh, uh, he is a journalist with Iron Pixel, a website I've been reading my whole like like since there was an internet, there was an Iron Pixel, and I've been reading my video game news uh, on that site. I think since it's been around, so it's it's a pleasure and and a, and a, an honor to have you on. Prefer reporter. Uh, Noted and Thank critic, no, of course, and critic on video games. Uh, <clears throat> so Ben is here to talk with me about uh, Bomberman sixty four. Yes, indeed, it is. Uh, it is the subject today. Bomberman sixty four, one of the greatest games of all time. Agreed. Before we get into into a little bit of history about the game, I'm just curious what's your what's your personal history with uh, Bomberman sixty four? Bomberman sixty four uh, changed my life. Um, more than once. I frankly had never seen anything like it before. Um, and I have still haven't since it's never really been exceeded, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I know exactly what you're talking about. Matched, not exceeded. Yeah. Uh, I came to video games, uh, late. Uh, I was about 11 or 12 and, um, there were years where I didn't see much in it. Uh, but when Bomberman 64 came came around, I, I discovered what I needed to discover about video games, which is that they can express um, our highest impulses as men. And uh, and Bomberman 64 is a big part of what taught me that. We'll get more into 
uh, your feelings about the game. Uh, let's uh, let, let's let's hit the you know let's let's get some context for what what this game is. I'm, 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 before we do, I'm curious: was this your first Bomberman title? Uh, yes. Oh, and mine too, actually. Still, uh, first and only. I I prefer not to uh, try to uh, test perfection by looking at earlier or later iterations. Uh, it just seems like a waste of time. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, you know, the uh, Barman 64 was one of the first N64 titles, and it's well known that uh, the N64 could not render circles. So the bombs had to be things like cubes, pyramids, geometric shapes. Uh, it's the only game in the series that does not have round bombs. Nintendo 64 had its limitations, uh, but uh, sometimes those constraints can create an enormous bolus of, of creativity and in the in the case of bomberman 64 that was definitely the case yeah uh, limitations create opportunities for innovations yes and that's how we evolved as a species and it's how we continue to evolve to this day so you know a, a lot's been said about bomberman 64 there's no there's no question that mechanically it's tight you're you're a man you're bombing things but uh, as men do, mm-hmm. what's interesting about that game specifically, and I was I was curious because you know I've uh, I've been keeping up with your with your writing and you're a all really, of it. Uh, oh yeah, no, I'm a fan. I've written a lot. Uh, I mean, I, well, okay, I, I've read what's uh, about written. Bomberman '64. Mm-hmm. I've and, written more about Bomber '64 than any other man. Oh yeah, no, I I, I th- look like I said, I've been reading your stuff since there's been an internet, and uh, I remember those old walkthroughs. They were amazing. Yes, I think that might even be, uh, that was like back when Iron Pixel was just like a forum. I also uh, yes, that's true. Iron P- Pixel started as a, it was forms for free. Mm-hmm. I wish forms still were for free, but they're not, and so we we have to do this now. But uh, I also wrote uh, Bomberman sixty four: A Cultural History, which oh, yeah. is a ebook. You can buy it nine ninety nine on Amazon. So yeah, I was curious what, what what were your thoughts about the sort of more like you know because it's a cute game it's it's like an it's like an older game it has that like cute retro sort of mascotty vibe. I wouldn't say cute. Oh, interesting. Okay, how would you define it? I would define it as violent and glorious. Yeah, you know, a, a trepidatious walk into the shoes of a man who has to bomb. See, that's what I was getting at. Is what you're not expecting is the war allegory. You know, yeah. it's subtle. But, you know, it, it really portrays the devastation of war, especially bombs and bombings and uh, explosions. Well, you know, war is war. And that means some people are going to die. It's it's rare to see a game so overtly like critical of violence when violence is mostly the uh, the way that a story is told in games. Yeah, I would say that the way it, it approaches violence is is quite beautiful, which is to show that it is a part of nature. It is a part of man's struggle with nature and with himself. We can't avoid it. Violence, it will always be with us. Fortunately, we have bigger bombs than anyone else. And so we uh, will always win. And in Bomberman, uh, you don't always win. And that's the danger. Okay, that's that's interesting. So so you're, you're saying that sort of portraying violence is like a necessary part of like keeping mankind alive. It will always be with us. And it always has been with us. From the roving bands of foragers to today's thermonuclear weapons. We always will be a violent race. So you don't see it more as like an indictment of uh, violence and, and war and whatnot? Uh, I'm, tr- I'm troubled by this word indictment. I would say that it does explore the devastation and the uh, effects of violence, which can be uh, tragic. But as I said before, war is war. 
and you can't make an omelet without cracking some eggs. There's a sequence in the game where uh, Bomberman gets a little cute plane, and he's sort of like flying his plane over a swarm of enemy attackers, and uh, he can't really see what he's firing at, but you're you're told as the player there's no other option. You have to start bombing this uh, these uh, uh, ground troops. So then later in the game, you're then forced to walk through to get from point A to point B. You're forced to walk through the devastation that you just caused. And you see the like obliterated, blown apart bodies of all the people that you just bombed, uh, including civilians, including like, you know, like mothers holding their children. And that imagery, uh, especially for such like a, you know, like a like a kid friendly game seems specifically very like poignant and maybe even like intentionally critical it's it's showing the price the price of war you know where the price of war is is high and it takes a toll and it's just as uh our boys over there in europe had to learn uh in uh in the big one yeah uh they uh they bombed as they needed to do and just as in the game you know it was necessary to do so for strategic purposes uh immediately you couldn't think twice about it you'd be grounded if you thought twice about it they didn't and then you know later they saw they saw what happened in dresden they saw what happened in berlin because they had to walk through it you wouldn't say we're not gonna beat our enemies just because we have to look at them in their faces later we looked them in their faces we looked them in their eyes and we know we won uh, having only read your work, you know, this is the first time we've spoken, you, you, you have a much more like, I don't know, I don't want to be rude, uh, like a grim outlook than I was expecting. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying so. It doesn't totally come off in your in your writing. Uh, like, you know, I've read your like top 10, like sexiest Soul Calibur girls and like uh, your like complete walkthrough of like Kirby Superstar. It wasn't fully. Th- this, this is interesting. I'm, Depends I'm kind of on the subject matter. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about uh, women, there's a certain tone that's necessary. If you're talking about sex, there's a certain tone that's necessary, but it's not the same tone that you're going to use when discussing matters of life and death. Wow. Uh, so we're going to continue our conversation with uh, Bend right after an ad. I, you know, I want to I want to drill down into, into, into some of these deeper themes of the game. I look forward to it. Okay, everybody, I'm back one more time to request your help. Pitchin.fund slash Rocket Rabbit. Help us make it happen. I'll be honest with you. The campaign, it's not going great. Uh, You guys have not exactly been coming out in force to uh, help get this game made. But uh, look... I'm going to address something that was that was said in the last episode. Our last uh, guest, uh, Clark Gibble, mentioned that the game that we're making sounds a little bit like Sonic the Hedgehog, and and you know what? Fuck it. I like I don't see it, but fuck it. Sure, whatever. You know, uh, 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 Rocket Rabbit was uh, he's a robotic rabbit. He was created by uh, the evil uh, Nicholas Robot PhD, and uh, uh, you know, his whole goal is to stop him from taking over the land in his robots. I guess, sure, maybe, speed's a factor. You could say that that sounds a little bit like Sonic the Hedgehog. I want to I get this game made because I, I am a burgeoning Sonic the Hedgehog fan. There, I, I, I said it. I said it. I'm, I'm officially a fan, and I'm making a game that's kind of like a fan game. It's a fan game. It, fuck it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fan game. It's not an official fan game. It contains no official Sonic characters because the Sonic company obviously isn't going to just let us use their IP. But in my mind, like maybe it's like an alternate dimension 
from the Sonic the Hedgehog characters, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, Rocket Rabbit takes place in like a shadow dimension created by the uh, thoughts and dreams of the characters in Sonic the Hedgehog. Maybe Rocket Rabbit himself is like a parallel mirror equivalent to Sonic and and they're just, you know, constantly imagining each other in like an infinite loop of mutual creation. And maybe one day, maybe maybe the true goal isn't to defeat evil Nicholas. Maybe the true goal is to one day cross that veil. And if the Sonic Corporation will allow us have the two characters meet, I think it's destined to happen, but it cannot happen if we can't get the game made. So please, please, please donate to get this game made. Uh, not only will we get a copy of the game, but as I said in the last episode, we'll get a sticker book and uh, we will, uh, once again, we will be uh, announcing, uh, you know, I don't want to tell you, it's going to be amazing and uh, just try and engage your imaginations and think about how cool it would be to be a rabbit with uh, rockets for feet. And uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, pitchin.fund slash rocket rabbit. I'll hopefully see you there. Uh, okay, I'm going to get back to the show. Back with the uh, Iron Pixel reporter Ben Sarkoxy. Uh, uh, excuse me, Ben Sarkoxy. Correct. I want to. I want to talk more about your perspective on uh, on Bomberman sixty four because you're, you're you're drawing lots of conclusions from that game that uh, I never never even occurred to me. What's your full history of this game? Like, how how did it come to touch you so deeply? Well, there's a there's a context for everything, of course. You know, I I mentioned my obsession, my obsession with Bomberman '64, and uh, I think that's the correct word to characterize it. That's how my uh, my personality functions, and I have to, of course, credit my success for my obsessiveness, um, and I have to, of course, credit father for it because I learned obsession from father. You know, when I was very young, as I said, I came to video games late. Uh, father had me started on uh, board games before video games. Um, he uh, was obsessed with risk and uh, even more so Axis and Allies. Uh, you know, he never succeeded in uh, Axis and Allies at the tournament level the way he would have liked. And he uh, made sure that I wouldn't make the same mistake, or so he thought. And I did very well at it, and I uh, succeeded, and I uh, was at the tournament level. And by, you know, age seven or eight, I was uh, pretty close to best in the world. And then, you know, the accident happened, and... With the the accident, well, um, you have to understand with uh, board games. Well, I guess you would understand because it happens in video games too. The uh, manipulation of the uh, game pieces uh, or joysticks or whatever you want to use in any uh, game, video game, board game, can even happen in uh, sports. Repetitive stress. Uh, you use your hand over and over again in the same way, uh, and you will injure yourself uh, grievously. Uh, if you're not careful, and uh, I did that at a very young age, I still can't, oh, uh, don't have full use of my hands, and that knocked me out of the tournaments pretty quickly. And uh, there was a period of trial and mourning, and uh, uh, video games helped me get out of that, particularly Bomberman uh, '64, right? Which uh, was the first video game to affect me in the way uh, Axis and Allies had as a as a toddler. Is, is there something that Bomberman '64 has in common with Axis and Allies and, and Risk? Violence and uh, the expression of dominance through uh, firepower. Oh wow! I I, I have a um, uh, stop me if this question is too personal, but I'm curious. What was your relationship with your father when you started playing the the video game Bomberman '64? Um, we weren't speaking at that time. Okay. Uh, he was gravely disappointed in me for 
after my injury uh, took me out of the uh, tournaments uh, because um, he thought I could be the greatest in the world, and I could have been. Um, but uh, the injury uh, injury eliminated that. And we didn't talk for, for a very long time afterwards. Uh, and then, of course, he died. And oh, my God. So, um, How did he die, if you don't mind my asking? N- no one really knows. His body was never found. Oh, um, But uh, I see him sometimes at night. Well, uh that's I'm so sorry to to to, to hear that I, I I have it's fine uh sort of um more of a <clears throat> I, I, I guess it still uh applies to the to the topic but what you, you you've made reference to this obsession this bomberman 64 obsession like what form does that take like how do, how does that manifest well as I said I've written more about bomberman 64 than any other man living or dead I've also uh, played it uh, for more hours than many other men living or dead. I mean, there have been some disputes uh, over that title because uh, I don't uh, literally um, play it myself due to the injury. I can't um, use my hands on the controls in the way the rest of you do. But, you know, I have proxies and I have um, my approach, which is um, unique. Of course, I try to diversify and I do explore the other the other games that are out there, but uh, Bomberman sixty four is a is a north is a north star for me. Yeah, I get, I get the impression that you sort of cover other games by necessity, but this is really your passion. Personally, you know, I've never felt more connected um, to anything other than uh, Bomberman sixty four, and I do feel greatly upset. I mean, have you have you ever? You must know what I'm talking about. Have you ever felt that kind of obsession or that? Uh... Well, yeah, that's actually kind of why I, I asked. I'm sort of um, going through something right now. Well, uh, let me ask you this, because again, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, like, are there things about the bomber man that you identify with? I see myself in him. It's interesting, right? Because like, it's both like literally and figuratively. Like, you're like you're you're you both like identify with the character, but also you are controlling them. Yes, and in a way, you are them. Yeah, they're like an avatar for you. Yes, that's like I'd never experienced that feeling, and 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 you know, I was. Um, <clears throat> Forgive me. This this might be a little difficult. I I I I I sort of was ashamed of it, and um, I didn't talk about it much on my last episode. But uh, I've been uh, <clears throat> I've been binge playing the Sonic the Hedgehog series to the point where I may have even done like harm to myself, which which I'm, I'm fine now. Like it's it's okay. But uh, that thing that you're talking about, I never experienced. I, I always liked you're video serious. games. You're serious. Yeah, I'm, I'm being completely serious. You're serious. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. The, uh, you know, um, I was uh, just sort of a, a casual Sonic fan. Uh, and then uh, for for this show, we covered it. And I, I like, I, I don't know what happened. I, I became uh, preoccupied. Uh, and uh, now it's uh, all I can think about. Like, we're, we're here talking about Bomberman. Uh, and uh, I can't. I'm I'm just thinking about how like bombs are round and they kind of roll like Sonic rolls, uh, and it's so frustrating because I can't even bring that up because the game that we're talking about specifically does not have round bombs. Uh, anyway, so even though it's a different game entirely, like I'm seeing an almost like kindred spirit in your perspective of how much you identify with and are comforted by, and maybe even like you know compromised by Bomberman. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all the stuff about like war or whatever, but like, you know, I, uh, I, I can, I can see this joy I'm experiencing in what you're experiencing. Perhaps, but of course, you know, Sonic, not really the same. Elaborate. 
Well, it's for girls. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's one. I, 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 I objectively think that's not true. We don't have to split hairs over this. We know that Sonic the Hedgehog is for girls. Um, as are all Sega games. They have their place, of course, but we have to know what that is, and that's you know to ensure their compliance. You're, so, uh, my personal offense to that claim aside, it seems like you're suggesting that um, games made by Sega are uh, somehow like there to engineer certain behaviors in women. Let's not split hairs about this. It, it, regardless of your personal offense, or your personal feelings, we know that this is uh, the purpose of Sega, and it's uh, served a useful purpose at least up till now. I mean, it, n- nowadays uh, without Sega, there there has been some eruptions, and uh, it becomes harder and harder con- to control them and to uh, see that they serve uh, out their purpose. She's limited, and unfortunately, uh, you know, we don't have. We maybe we need Sonic to come back. So maybe what you're doing is a, is a service. Uh, to bring Sonic back in this way because uh, they're trying to run things down. No, yeah, I, I, I okay. Well, I, I would love it if Sonic became more popular again. I'm, I'm not sure if I want that to help, like subjugate w- women. I mean, you can use the word subjugation if you want, or you can use the word order. There's a, a permissiveness uh, that comes when you don't have uh, the bread and circuses, which is what's uh, you know Sonic worked as that combination of distraction and discipline. Well, okay, like, f- fuck it. Uh, I identify as a, as a feminist. I'm going to say that if, even if, I, I reject the premise that it's for girls, but even if it is, like, that's fine. Like, I'll, I'll, like whatever, I'm into a thing. I said that it's girls fine. Of course it's fine. Right, and, but you said it like the way you're saying that now. Like, I, I, I get the impression that that's supposed to be, like, specifically, like, like I don't know, like I'm lesser or something. Well, why don't you tell me what you think Grand Theft Auto is for? Uh, what, what, Compliance. Racial and ethnic minorities. Each game has its purpose, and uh, we don't have to split hairs over it. Uh, I, <laughs> I look. I don't want to be rude. You know, you're my guest. Uh, uh, you you came to the show by invitation, but I, man, I, I'm a, I, I'll come around and say it. I'm offended by this by by the by the things you're implying here. Like I I I don't think I share your perspective of games, I definitely do not share your perspective of Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, fortunately for us, the truth is objective and it's serene and it's austere. Uh, You can cry all you want, but war is war and uh, Sonic is Sonic and Bomberman is Bomberman and they're all different things and they all mean different things and we can uh, petty fog over all the uh, unpleasant bits, but it's the world we're living in. That's, you know, that's so convenient for you to decide that your opinion is the truth. It's, it's It's not convenient. It's not convenient at all. Because, because that's implying then that the truth is that Sonic the Hedgehog specifically is for girls when I think Sonic the Hedgehog is for everyone. And, and I'm, I'm tired of hiding my feelings about that. I, I've been walking around for weeks in abject shame, and you're, I, I'm, I'm done with shame. I'm, I, I've been done with shame, and you're making me realize that, this, that I can't allow potential poison like a Bomberman 64 onto this show. This is a Sonic fan podcast now. That's what this is. That's what you're on. You are now on a Sonic fan podcast. Well, now you can be like all the other libs who could never hide their feelings or certainly are not shameful about anything, anything that they do, all the lies they tell and all the enabling violence against our service members and against our boys in blue. 
You know what? I, I try and have a politically objective uh, point of view on this show, but I, I think I need you to leave. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, unless Typical. you want to, you know, unless you want to still stay on my, uh, on my Sonic fan show for No, girls. you know, I don't need this. I don't need this uh, uh, Sonic podcast because I'm not a woman. And so I don't play Sonic and I don't listen to uh, Sonic podcasts and I don't read about Sonic. I'm a man. Well, so I, I will uh, happily uh, exit. And frankly, I don't need to sit around here and have you lecture me on your perverted little passions. Well, that's fine. You want to dress up like a woman and put on a dress and play your Sega, roll around in a little ball. You can be Sonic the Hedgehog, but not for me. Yeah. I'll be bombing till the end of time. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's cowardly to do whatever it is you're doing. Look, I, I'm, I'm upset right now. I, I, uh, I've given you a platform long enough. Thank you for being on the show. Bend Sarkoxy, you know, I, I, again, yes, thank you for all the writing you've done. I've been a big fan in the past. I don't know that I'll be frequent, frequenting your website further, but uh, thanks for being on, on your show. Maybe I'll have you on again. This is a nest of cuckoldry, and I'm never coming back. All right. Uh, okay, we're. Uh, whew. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, I'm not. I'm not used to getting that confrontational. Uh, anyway, um, that was uh, uh, Ben Sarkoxy. On the next episode, well, we we were going to cover Crash Team Racing, but this is a Sonic fan podcast now, so we're not going to do that garbage. Uh, so so tune in next time for something Sonic related. We're, we're going to have fun. Uh, uh, I'm going to have fun probably for the first time in my life. Uh, so uh, tune in then uh, and I'll see you elsewhere. Uh, maybe I should change that for now that it's like Sonic related. I don't know. I really love that sign off. Well, anyway, yeah, I'll see you elsewhere. Uh, bye, everybody. The Elsewhere podcast was created by MC Griffin, edited by Alicia Mason, and produced by Jason Kyle Hammonds. Griff was played by MC Griffin. Bend Sarkovsky was played by Robbie Bruins. Music by Max Repka. Episode art by Colin Greenhalge and Brian Newton. You can see episode art and information on elsewhereshows.com. E-L-S-E-W-A-R-E shows.com. It is October 10th, 9.36 a.m. I had a glass of warm milk before I went to bed. Just another normal, boring dream. I was at a zoo. I was accompanied by other animals. Not like animal animals, but like uh, some of them were wearing hats or glasses. No skunks. Lots of foxes and rabbits. Giraffe, I was with a giraffe and we were going through the exhibits. The animals in the exhibits are same as the animals outside of the exhibits. And I know it's it's probably just because the birthday party's been on my mind so much lately. But even in the dream, I knew I had to be at a birthday party. I was invited to a birthday party. I was late for a birthday party. The giraffe would just stay a little longer. And anyway, it was late for the birthday party. So I was like, no, I have to go. I have to go to the party. Just one one more. I couldn't say no. I could have. If I knew it was a dream, I could have said no. I could have said no and gone. If I knew it was a dream, I could have just been at the party like I already wanted to be. 
the choice to stay at this weird zoo isn't one that I actually wanted. I didn't want to be there. The choices that I keep making over and over again are meaningless if I don't realize that I'm dreaming. If I don't realize in those moments that I can do absolutely anything, what's the point? That might be cool.com. You never know.